You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast, a free resource for new coaches since 2018, created by me, Rhonda Hess. I have a talent for breaking complex things into easier steps, and I love helping you choose a smart coaching niche and launch your business with confidence. I began mentoring coaches in 2006 after five years of training coaches at Coach Training Alliance, where I designed the certification program. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a thing. And don't forget to go back to the earliest episodes for incremental learning. Now, let's roll this episode. Hey, coaches. When it comes to what you delegate and what you do yourself, it's a question of work style preferences. But that's not the whole story. I'll share four criteria to help you make strategic decisions about when you delegate. Find the full transcript at prosperouscoach.com slash 192. When I first started my coaching business, my motto was, don't be cheap with your coaching business. This meant that I hired out a lot. I spent money on experts of all sorts and hired a full-time VA to do all the little things I couldn't be bothered with. I believe my time is highly valuable. Good mindset there, right? So I didn't want to do anything except what I started this business for, to coach. That was a bit short-sighted. I went too far to the delegating side of the continuum, which cost me in three ways. First, low profits because my expenses were high. Two, not learning things that I should have learned. And three, It cost me time because managing other people wasn't my forte, and it took far more time to manage their work product than if I had done those things myself. I made rash decisions because I didn't really know my business model, what I bring to the table, and the holes in my competencies. I didn't think through what energizes me and drains me. I clearly needed a business coach. Mostly, I was blindly following what other coaches were doing. I fell in with a crowd of high rollers. It wasn't as seedy as it sounds, but it wasn't good for me either. Sure, business by trial and error is a time-honored tradition. Making lots of mistakes and learning from them has its upsides. Still, wouldn't it have been smarter for me to strategize as much as I could from day one in my business? So I offer you that better way. Strategize as much as you can from the get-go, then also be willing to make mistakes and learn from them. So what are your long-term goals for your coaching business? This is the first of four criteria for knowing when to delegate. See, 20 years into my business, I'm delegating far less, and that's strategic for me because my goal now is to work a 35-hour work week to earn high profits for the time that I do work, to deliver high value and work with fewer people because that means less enrolling effort, and to keep a simple business model. This is something I didn't know anything about when I first started as a coach. And also to do marketing that's pinpointed, authentic, and that showcases my genius. So I think those are pretty good goals, and I wish I'd known them then. And finally, I realized that offering one-to-one signature program is far better than other business models I tried, and it's why I teach this to other coaches. So what about you? How many hours would you like to work each week? Really, think about it. 
is high revenue more important to you or is high profit more important? In other words, do you want to bring in more money regardless of how much you keep or do you want to keep as much as you can of what you earn? That is a serious question. Those high roller coaching businesses bring in high six and seven figure revenues, but that means having a big team, working more hours, charging really high prices, but having lower profits. Sure, it's a rush if you have the energy for managing successive campaigns for multiple programs and building relationships with joint venture partners. You must have a staff to manage all of that so you will delegate a lot and coach less. I ran myself ragged in that business model and I realized I'd have to work even harder and scale much higher to have the touted financial windfall. That just wasn't my style. So what energizes you? Do you love coaching one-on-one? That's the simplest coaching business model. Or would you prefer group work and maybe having products and maybe having masterminds and maybe having retreats? Those are more complex. Is the customer-facing side tolerable to you or do you want to distance yourself from your prospects and clients, having others interface with them except for exclusive coaching moments? These are things you might not have even considered, but it's worth considering what your business model is. That's what we're talking about here. What exactly will you offer? And keep in mind, it's very different to have, say, a business where you enroll people into a group program that starts twice per year as opposed to twice per month. The first is probably high ticket, and the enrollment campaign is a big effort, but done less often. Can you imagine, though, how what's on your website, what you do for your marketing, and who you need on your team would be different for different business models. So I believe that attracting and enrolling clients is the most time-consuming thing in a coach's business. And for that reason, I only work one-on-one with 20 clients each year in my VIP program, and I enroll clients throughout the year as I have openings, or I put people on a wait list as they want to get on that wait list. It's a super simple business model with high profit and low labor, and that's what I teach coaches. So now what about the flip side? What drains your energy? These may be things that you know you're not good at. However, this can be tricky because when you're new to something, it can feel draining, right? But once you get the hang of it, it's not. I recommend learning and keeping these kinds of tasks. It may seem like it's the perfect thing to hand off to a VA, but not really so much. When you apply focus and ask for help when needed, Things that seem insurmountable become totally doable, even if you feel you're not good at technology. So sit down and think about this. What are you willing to learn, even if it feels difficult for you now? So I recommend coaches learn how to use those simple apps for repetitive, quick tasks. You know, these are things I do myself even 23 years into my business because they don't take very long. I'm really good at it. And to pay someone else to do it, plus manage them and make sure that they did it right, takes a lot more of my time. I also recommend that you learn how to write well, because writing 
is a gateway skill to so many good things. You know, you can write books, you can write training programs, you can create products. There's so many things you can do with writing. Episode 47 has a downloadable guide you can have for free with copywriting tips, and you can find that at prosperouscoach.com slash 47. Now, marketing and content should be congruent and authentic. And that's why I teach my clients high-response copywriting techniques. My clients write the first draft with guidance about the flow of paragraphs and examples, and I edit. Then they edit my edits. It's a fun collaboration, and they learn by doing. But if you're really good at talking off the cuff on videos and that attracts enough clients, you might decide that writing isn't needed much or that you would rather hire it out here or there instead of doing it yourself. So where will expertise count most for you? And what I mean by this is, what are the things, if they were done for you, will help you feel more relaxed and keep your focus on what you enjoy that also helps you earn well? And that's an important piece. As you figure these things out, be mindful of how delegating affects your profits and whether you'll wish you had learned how to do those things yourself later, as I did. So figure out your four criteria and then allow that to help you make smart decisions about whether to delegate or not. Stay inspired and make things happen. Thanks for listening today. You are awesome and it's time for your coaching audience to know that. If you're getting value from this podcast, please share it with other coaches. Your kindness will come back to you. Learn more about how I help coaches choose a smart niche and launch with confidence at prosperouscoachblog.com. Joel Bass wrote my theme music. Thanks, Joel.